Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge on Yahoo Sports Radio. Well, we're back with Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana. And Joe, when we last spoke, which is the previous segment, I was asking you about Eddie DeBartolo Jr., who's a candidate for the class of 2016 in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'd like to continue that conversation. Hey, Joe, do you have a Mr. D anecdote you can share with us, something that would uh, help our listeners understand why well, it means so much to you and others, a favorite story about Eddie D? Well, I, I'll, I'll give you the per- perfect example. We were just talking about this yesterday. Is the things he did to make it, he didn't have to do. Didn't have to spend any more money, but we were playing. I can't even remember what year it was, <clears throat> but we had a. We used to fly a DC-8, and actually, I think it might have been the Super Bowl year because the plane broke down before our first away trip, and we got a DC-10. Now, a DC-8 is a long, skinny thing. People probably don't even remember this thing, but there's not a whole lot of room, and, and we were the most traveled team in the NFL almost every year because of, you know Atlanta was in our division, New Orleans was in our division. So we were always on the road, and when you come back from the game, everybody's got guys got IVs, ice packs, everything's trying to lay out cramps, you know, it's trying to spread out. And while the DC-10 was was uh, a nice, even on the way there, and after the game, we had won, and Eddie came in the locker room. He was all excited, and everybody was excited to see him. But the whole locker room started chanting, DC-10, DC-10, <laughs> and he couldn't do anything but laugh. And he said, "Okay, I'll make you. I'll make you a promise. You keep winning, and you can have the DC-10." Well, we went undefeated that year on the road, so <laughs> we kept the DC-10. <laughs> <laughs> We're with Joe Montana on the Talk of Fame Network, and Joe, of all the Super Bowls you shared with Eddie, and there were four of them, which is the one you cherish the most, and which was the one you think Eddie cherishes the most? They're also different. To cherish one of them is really hard. Uh, my guess is. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to, to differentiate the first one because right, it's the first time you get there. And you think you may never get back. But then, then the next one we play at Stanford Stadium. And, you know, we'd be, you know, a pretty good Dolphin team. So my guess would be one of those two. The other two were, you know, we had, we had assembled. We still, Ronnie still thinks the 8-4 team was the best of all. But uh, the other two had some pretty good both sides of the ball teams. And but those two, I think, were probably – be my guess that he figures one of them because getting to that first Super Bowl is tough. How do you think those teams would have fared against uh, last year's Super Bowl champion, the, the Patriots? I'm here in New England, and Brady tells me all the time about you know sitting in the stands and being a friend of yours. And he also tells me, I know how it's going to end if they can get rid of Joe Montana. They're gonna get, they'll get rid of me eventually. So I said, well, you're probably right. Uh, but how do you think that you, uh, you would have fared against them, number one? And, and how would you like to play with today's rules where defense is – Basically illegal. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Well, you know, I, I, I'll stack our teams up against anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is, and whether it's them or anyone else. Just that, especially in today's age, you, I can't even imagine being able to turn Jerry Rice and John Taylor uh, free <laughs> down the field <laughs> and, and sitting there being able to think that you're not going to get hit. A lot of times you just knew, even after you threw the ball, there's nothing you can do. Somebody's taking a couple steps and you're getting smacked and then drilled into the ground and this doesn't happen as much anymore. So it makes it well, not that it makes it easy because the game's not easy, but certainly there's a little bit less pressure wise on the quarterback. But and it's a throwing game. Heck, I'd love to play now. Any, any quarterback who wouldn't <laughs> want to be playing now is crazy. Just look at the numbers they're throwing up. 
What's the best defense you ever played, Joe? I think consistently the teams with the Giants. You know, there, there were some years, you know, obviously with LT and those guys, that group, and um, there were some some years with the uh, with New Orleans had a pretty good pretty good defense going. But I would I would say on a consistent basis it's probably the Giants. Joe Montana, the Talk of Fame Networking Show. Earlier you said Ronnie said the '84 team he thinks was the best of those four Super Bowl teams. How about you? Which one do you think was the best? I think weapon wise, I think he thinks defensively he, we had we had a pretty good team in '84, and the latter the last two offensively we were just we had pretty good teams. I mean, we I'm surprised that you know we made a few mistakes on our own, and we were almost in three in a row, and and uh, again playing the giant defense <laughs> solved the scores. So uh, um, we had a pretty good defense at that point too. But I think offensively we're a little, a little more potent in those two years. Uh, you know, Joe uh, Mike Shanahan says that Jerry Rice was not the best receiver ever. Says he was the best player ever. I'm old, so I'm biased toward Dick Butkus. But the, <laughs> I just what what, what what do you think uh, when you think of Jerry Rice? Is that the best just football player that you've been around? Well, I I just think there's so so many positions require so many different things. I mean, there were some great, great players, and it'd be it'd really hard, be hard to stack them up against um, someone, <laughs> say Charles Haley, <laughs> even. You know, they're <laughs> completely different areas of expertise. And but he was, uh, I, I don't see anyone being better than him uh, by far. His work ethic, his his ability to get behind people, his, you know, he just his ability to adjust to not only the balls but the defenses and. When you're in trouble, hey Joe, what uh, what, what was your what was your take on Deflategate and, and the PSI? And could you tell when you pick up a football, it's weight? Well, yeah, you can always tell. You have it in your hand all the time, but it's, it's a rule. It's a dumb rule, but it was a rule, and it, it is what it is. It's taken way too long to get through, and it doesn't make any sense anyway. So I don't I don't think it you know has that kind of effect on the thing. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> the record's not very good. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> hey, you reminded me talk about Charles Haley. When he gave his speech at the Hall of Fame, which was a movie, so that was a terrific speech. When he told that story about driving up on all the greens at Pebble Beach because uh, he didn't know you weren't supposed to drive on the greens, he said you were there. Why didn't you stop him from driving up on the greens by about the third, <laughs> third green? Wait, well, I only saw him once. I, th- I thought he did. <laughs> but I had no idea. <laughs> Plus, he's when his mind go, when he puts his mind to something, he's kind of a hard guy to stop. You <laughs> can ask a lot of offensive linemen that. <laughs> hey, Joe, I've got one last Eddie question for you. It seemed to me right. when you guys closed Candlestick, I think you had a touch football game or a flag football game or something like that, and the last touchdown uh-huh. pass was thrown by you to Mr. D in the end zone. If he gets into the Hall of Fame, does he throw a pass to you from the stage? <laughs> oh God! I hope he has the chance too, because I think I definitely will catch it. <laughs> that was a fun time too. That was a blast how that worked out. We had a great. We actually, well, the funny thing about that is we we really had talked about it in the end. I said, no matter what the score is, no matter what, you know, we're going to have to figure this out. And I want to end the game with. The catch and the touchdown pass for the final touchdown pass in Candlestick. <laughs> and what was so funny is that the game went, and I'm going, oh man, there's no way this is going to happen. Because it was six minutes ago in the game, 
they were driving, and all of a sudden it threw an interception. And we took the whole six minutes to get down the field, and it just happened to be the last play. It timed out perfectly. Well, <laughs> must be karma is all I can figure because we had talked about it, and I'm sitting there going, there's no way this plan is going to have to happen. It's going to have to – we're going to have to just eat up the time after they score because they weren't going to not score with six minutes to go in the game. And it just went our way. So it was great. It was a great way to end. He had blasts. We had a blast. We had a good time putting candlestick behind us. Hey, Joe, did you say karma or Carmen? <laughs> <laughs> this might not be any different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Joe, true story. When we were in Canton this summer, we were with Mr. DeBartolo, and we're leaving the uh, room where there was a luncheon, and a security guard was moving people away. He looked at Eddie and he said, excuse me, Mr. Policy, would you move out of the way? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's true. Uh, I can see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> oh, I'll bet not. I'll bet not. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe, thanks for the time. Really thank you for you the time. This has been a lot My of fun. Pleasure. It's been more than fun. It's been a privilege. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, that was Joe Montana, and that was a lot of fun. Having covered Eddie DeBarlow's four hours for years and knowing Eddie as I do, guys, I, I think Joe's absolutely right. I think he would be overwhelmed with a place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I know how much he misses the NFL. And to get in the hall, I think it would be a validation of everything Eddie believes he did right. I think the Hall of Fame is quite an adrenaline rush, even for players who are first ballot selections. You know, I, I can only imagine the adrenaline rush for those who are long shots ever to get in, like owners and general managers. You know, they have beaten some very long odds just to get to this point. It's the final validation, the only real validation that what you did in football separated you from all other owners. I think this will be one very powerful moment in the lifetime of Eddie DeBartolo Jr. Yeah, and I, and I think obviously the disappointment will be palpable. You know, if if he, for him he doesn't get in, as you guys know, we joke about it all the time. You know, if one of us here was the first ballot Hall of Famer, that would be the Gooser, and one of us is the Harry Carson of writers. You know? So I mean, <laughs> I, I know what that feels like to to sit there and say, oh, yeah. okay. You want your name name taken off the list, Ron? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't gone that far yet. Uh, but but so I think for Eddie D to be in San Francisco, you know. Some would say scene of the crime. Some would say scene of his greatest triumphs. Uh, and, and to be this close to it, I think if he gets it, he'll be over the moon. And if he doesn't get it, uh, you know, he'll be whatever that Apollo was when they were freezing to death trying to get back into the, <laughs> into the atmosphere. Well, anyway, as I said, it was good to hear from Joe Montana. And it's going to be good to hear from Rick and Ron when we return. Because both have a lot of their minds. And you're about to hear it. This is the Talk of Fame Network.